Hello and welcome to the Bundaberg Now podcast, brought to you by Bundaberg Regional Council. This podcast is all about showcasing news, events and people in our beautiful region. I'm your host, Genevieve Lyons, and on today's show, we'll hear all about the Lady Musgrave Pontoon, the Summer Reading Club and the success of the program here in Bundaberg, a new business in Childers straight out of a fairy tale, and Council's use of submersible drones to reduce costs and inspection times. But first, here's a quick recap from this week's top news stories. Clean Up Australia Day is on this Sunday and residents are encouraged to get involved in one of the many cleanups happening around the Bundaberg region. Head to cleanupaustraliaday.org.au to find an event near you. Bundaberg Brewed Drinks founder Cliff Fleming made an appearance on the most recent episode of The Amazing Race Australia with contestants taking part in a ginger harvesting challenge. This year, the series was filmed entirely in Australia for the first time due to the COVID-19 international travel ban. The biohydrogen industry, labelled a game-changer for the Bundaberg region, moved a step closer to becoming a reality after stakeholders and other interested parties gathered for a Bundaberg and Wide Bay biohydrogen series event. Here's facilitator Philip Sohn from ReCarbon with more. There are some key stakeholders uh, in, in the Bundaberg, Wide Bay, Burnett region uh, that we've interfaced with before, and, and I'm sure we'll uh, unearth um, uh, others as well. But our, our key objective was to generate demand for renewable hydrogen use um, in, in this region, probably uh, skewed towards uh, mobility, heavy mobility or trains and, and other heavy transport. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that uh, definitely was furthered Uh, today. So we've got some goals of how much hydrogen per day that we need the demand for, uh, because that kind of drives the financing and logistics of the scale of plant that we can establish. And then ultimately working with the utilitas, uh, establish how much organic waste we actually need to be collecting and managing uh, to make that hydrogen. And that's the weekly news wrap. The much-anticipated Lady Musgrave Island pontoon has now been launched and will undergo an internal fit-out. The new three-level pontoon is set to change guest experiences on the southern Great Barrier Reef with an underwater observatory and accommodation. The idea was the brainchild of Lady Musgrave Experience's Brett Lakey, who spoke with Bundaberg Now at the launch. So what happened this morning and how did it all go? Yeah, all well, mate. We had uh, two big cranes put the uh, main deck and observatory in the water and um, now we're craning some ballast on to sink her down before we put the upper deck on. And um, what sort of things are you doing to use... Ballast, yeah, we've just transferred 18,000 litres of fresh water down low to to sink the observatory or help sink the observatory while we crane some ballast onto the upper deck and to uh, strategic place that around so it's all nice and stable. And then as that gets placed, we'll then transfer the water ballast back out of the observatory so it it comes to its correct resting height. It's because the observatory is so big, it displaces about 100 tonne. So we've got a lot of buoyancy within the observatory. So that ballast helps sink the observatory down and we'll put about 37 tonne of steel shot in the bottom to keep it weighted down. Um, so talk me through some of the pontoon's features. Yeah, my big, big underwater observatory. We uh, can sleep up to 20 people in the observatory. Uh, big main deck with snorkel platform, dive platform, kiosk, uh, big electrical room that hosts 52 kilowatt of batteries, which powers the entire pontoon. It's all done by solar on power. Uh, sorry, salt and wind, and um, there's no, no machinery on board for that. Um, in the upper deck, you know, we'll have 10 sort of glamping tents up top with a big open air uh, 
sun area for the for the uh, guests during the day? Um, I guess it's quite a, a green environment. 100%. You know, we're in the World Heritage List, you know, Great Barrier Reef. You know, we, we talk a little bit all about low footprint. Well, we want to go no footprint, you know. So we've got the big screw moorings going in out there with chains. And, um, you know, yeah, all, all, all that stuff is all recycled aluminium and, and uh, nothing corrosive in the water. Fantastic. So what, what's Pompeii going to be used for? You know, our day, day experience at the Great Barrier Reef, all our underwater observatory, our snorkel and dive platforms, and our big educational uh, courses, our programs that will cater for the schools in there. And then we'll get our overnight accommodation options for those who want to really experience the Great Barrier Reef and immerse themselves until they wake up in the morning on the reef. Fantastic. That would be awesome. And uh, what do you think it's going to do for tourism in the region? Oh, it'd be great. You know, it's sort of fortunately that's the latest and greatest thing for the Great Barrier Reef. And being only four hours from from Brisbane, um, that southeast Queensland market gives them something. You know, a true world class encounter, which is such such in reach of the uh, the drive market from Brisbane. And um, how many staff are going to be housed on the There'll be a minimum between two and four every night, depending on our guests and our groups. And we'll cater for you know school groups and dive groups. And it'll be act like a liveaboard facility for those guys who want to do the diving on the outer reefs and surrounding islands around Lady Musgrove Island. And how exciting after all this time is it that they should see it in the water? Oh, it's great. You know, we, we had a, we had a pretty hard year last year. We're not with COVID and the business, but we were held up for months with you know supplies from you know, interstate and also from you know the the uh, the main main source centres. So we're roughly at four three four months behind of, of expected launch but we're here now so it's, it's, it's great feeling to be in the water. From apprentice to store owner, Jessica Harper is living her fairy tale, opening a new jewellery store, Fairy Tale Endings, in Childers. Jessica spoke with Bundaberg Now about her journey to setting up her own space and the community reception. Well it's called Fairy Tale Endings and uh, started originally about three years ago at a home studio. We moved here and set everything up so it's pretty good now that we've got the shop this response has been huge from customers everyone's been so supportive and excited that there's a jeweler in Childers again like we were after a shop for two years in Childers and then this one finally opened up so which is the one we wanted it's one I started my apprenticeship in everyone seemed to know whether um, jewelers are they're always like oh you're in the old jewelry store that sort of thing so everyone associates this store with being a jewelers uh, well I was buying a piece of jewelry from the local jewelers that was in Childers and um, my dad originally asked are you a manufacturing jeweler and would you be willing to put an apprentice on I hadn't really thought about jewelry at the time but um, like I've always wanted something within the arts, so it was a good, good sort of, you know, stepping stone. So I tried, did a week work experience, and then it all just went from there. Oh, it was good, and especially with um, getting the awards for through TAFE, um, the design award and the technical aspects, and then being apprentice of the year runner-up, that was pretty. Um, like exciting and stuff. Now that I'm finished I can create my own designs and whereas I was always you know what a customer sort of wanted in my apprenticeship which is you know fine but yeah it's just exciting that you can do create your own. A lot of people come in wanting their own rings redesigned into something and create something. They bring their designs in or I create the design and then we go from there into creating a ring especially for them. 
And submersible drones are saving time and money for Council's water team by allowing faster and safer reservoir inspections. Here's project engineer Jake Bennett with more. Without the drone, on average, it would take typically three days or so just for a single tank, whereas with the drone, we can get maybe eight or nine done in that same time period. Safety-wise, it completely eliminates the risk for confined space entry, which is one of the big workplace hazards we have involved with this process here. It also saves other council employees being tied up for that lengthy period of time where we can have them on some more important jobs that may arise From there, we'll be reviewing the reports they send through. That'll include 4K video and photos of every reservoir. And that will tell us whether we have any items that need immediate repair or things that should be on our watch list for the future. And from there, we can consider our budget in future years and then sort of plan for more maintenance from that point on. So we have about 60 to 70 reservoirs throughout the Bundaberg region. Uh, We'll be looking at 20 for this period they'll be inspected over two weeks and yeah through the Bundaberg, Childers and Woodgate region to start with. Bundaberg Regional Council's Youth Services Librarian Jala Beecham will lead a discussion for the State Library of Queensland about the Summer Reading Club and the success of the program here in Bundaberg. Under Jala's tenure the number of children signing up to the program has significantly increased. So the Summer Reading Club is an initiative from State Library, Queensland State Library, because they recognise over that summer period there's a a loss, and so they start the next year on the back foot, which is not what anybody really wants. Every child is invited to attend and use the activities, and families can use the activities to help stop that summer slide. We started with numbers around the 60 to 70 members in the Summer Reading Club across all our branches. So in the last summer, during the Summer Reading Club, we had between 200 and 250 children sign up. That summer period, a lot of families and a lot of children are tired. They've had a long year at school. And it's important for us to add value to their school holidays in a way that doesn't feel like a classroom, doesn't feel like a task or a chore, but in a way that enriches them and helps out the parents and helps out the kids. So some of the challenges for the kids were reading with a torchlight. So you don't necessarily have to be the best reader or the most engaged reader, but you can find something that will suit your reading style at the stage that you're at. So I think it's my passion and enthusiasm for reading and particularly reading for pleasure and reading for choice that gets passed off onto the children that I interact with. And that adds value because they feel comfortable reading what they want and they feel comfortable experimenting and trying to read new things. And that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Join me again next week for more news and stories from across the region. Bye for now.